afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. Yes, it's one of those shows. It's just me and you for the hour. Um, Let me know what questions, what comments you have. I will shout you out. You can find us uh, the live stream on Facebook at facebook.com slash inspired thoughts with Sam. So today um, I'm going to be talking about a topic that I think sort of uh, touches on touches all of our lives, and that's the topic of pain. But before we get started with that, of course, you know, as always, we have our little section from my book, Everyday Awakening. And uh, we're we're not quite halfway through the book, but we're almost halfway through the book. Um, And today's uh, section, it's actually uh, a little, a little kind of short, but this is a short but powerful section of my book. And the title of it is, There is no them, there is only us. It is easy to fall into the trap of believing that there are others in this world. Those who do not think the way we do, speak the way we do, or believe the things we do. We separate ourselves from other people where we see differences between them and us. But the truth is that we are more alike than we are different. We have more in common than divides us. For we are all people living on one planet. We are one human race, one species, and members of one global society. When we learn to see people from this larger perspective, we will realize that we are all connected. If not in daily life, then by the very molecules that make up our bodies, which come from stars that exploded long before we were born. Where do you separate from others? Where do you divide? And can you instead find ways to bring people together? Okay, so this is such such an important topic, especially for today when we're dealing with all kinds of unrest in society, wars, uh, lockdowns, challenges around the globe. It, it really is, at least in, in my lifetime, and I've, I've been here a, a decent amount of time on this planet. Um, and look, it's not like we've never fought wars before. It's not that we, we've never been divided as a people before. But it feels like we're just reaching a fever pitch. And it's so easy to find the things that make us different. Somebody looks differently from us. Someone speaks differently. They speak a different language. They they act differently. They have different customs. But, you know, I've traveled... I mean, I've, I haven't traveled a tremendous, tremendous amount, but I've traveled uh, pretty far. I mean, I've gone, been down to South America. 
uh, a couple of times in my life, a few times in my life. I've been to Asia. I've been to Europe. I've been to the Middle East. I haven't made it to Africa yet. And the interesting thing is, no matter where you go, when you actually connect and talk to people, when you actually listen to people's hopes and dreams and desires and what people are looking for in life, when it comes to the core, to the essence of it, we all want the same thing. We want a good life. We want peace, prosperity. We don't want to know our families are taken care of. We want to know that the that, you know, the planet is going to be around for future generations. Even if we don't have our own children, you know, there are cousins out there. There are nieces and nephews. There, there are relatives. There, there, there's not only us in the world. So when you really get to know people, they all want the same things. Even the most vile, hurtful, sadistic people. They want the same things too. They want to get out of their pain. I'm going to talk a lot about that during this show. Nobody wants a struggle that's so challenging it, it you feel like you can't go on nobody wants that i mean look there are always challenges in life there's always things that we you know are going to have a hard time with there's nothing wrong with that actually facing adversity makes us stronger it, it really does when we have the proper support when we feel like there's a way around the adversity when we feel that we can get past the adversity but, but when it seems, when we're totally hopeless and it seems like there's no way past the pain and the challenges that we're dealing with, that's when people consider suicide. That's when the pain is so bad that we're like, enough, enough. I just can't do this anymore. People are pretty much the same everywhere. I mean, look... Uh, we do have different preferences. We do have different ways of looking at the world. A lot of us disagree with other people. There's some big divisions in the United States right now. And not just the United States, it's worldwide. No matter where you go, you find people on opposite ends of just about any topic. The thing is, just because we have a different opinion, just because we think differently, does not mean that we're really different people. We, we all come from different tribes, over thousands, hundreds of thousands, perhaps even millions of years. And if you cut us, we will bleed. If you hit us, we will feel pain. But if you inspire us, if you empower us, we will rise to the occasion. We are one people. 
This is one planet. And this one planet, the way we know it, it could be gone like that. One giant rock flying through space that hits this world today. And we will be put back into prehistoric times. And if anything, if anything, this pandemic, this situation, this worldwide situation that we've been experiencing for the last two plus years, if nothing else, it has shown us how interconnected we are. We're interconnected so many ways. Our health is interconnected, right? That's one of the big, the, the biggest lesson of this pandemic. How healthy one person is affects the health of the people around them, which affects the pe- health of the people around them, which affects the health of the people around them. And that six degrees of separation, it goes everywhere, everywhere around the world. It's not like it was in the past where it took a long time to travel from one place to another. Travel happens today in hours, not days or weeks or months. So when something affects one part of the planet, you know what? It's going to affect every part of the planet. Yeah, sure, there might be some really, really isolated places it doesn't affect. But you know what? I think eventually it'll even get there too. So we're connected by our health. We're connected by the environment. When the environment starts going nuts the way it's been the last few years, it affects everybody on the planet. Droughts, floods, storms that are more powerful than we've ever seen, you know, rising oceans, all kinds of things happening that affects the whole world may not always affect us the same way, but it affects the whole world. And if you don't think that like things can change dramatically, if we look at the deserts of the the Middle East and, and, and Africa, those were once lush tropical areas. I forget the name of the scientist or the archeologist, but but there was a gentleman who studied like the, the ruins in Egypt and found actually that a lot of the damage was water damage from rain. What's desert today was once tropical lush areas. And you know what? What's tropical and lush today could one day become desert. So we're connected by our environment. We're connected through economics. We really are. The the, the world around us, we are so interconnected. Hey, we think we're cutting off Russia from the world economy with our sanctions. And and look, I'm not saying sanctions were a bad thing. I think it's great to apply nonviolent measures to try and curtail violent actions. So I, I think it's a beautiful thing. But those sanctions that affect the Russian economy, Russian economy is a pretty big economy. That ripples through. They're both an importer and an exporter. 
China, China with their lockdowns and affecting the supply chain. What's happened over the last couple of years, it affects us here in the United States. It affects Europe. It affects everywhere. We're not isolated individual fiefdoms anymore. The world is operating in a global manner. Now look, are there differences? Of course there are differences. That doesn't mean there aren't interrelations and connections. There's so many ways that we are the same, that, that life is showing us that we're interconnected. I heard this phrase, I don't know, maybe seven years ago, there is no them there, or I think it was, there is, yeah, there is no them. There is only us. That was the way I heard it. And that's why I put it in the book because it was such a big aha moment for me of like, yeah, like, because it's something that just resonated it for me. You know what? We're not separate. We're not, you know, there is no them. We keep fighting against other people. We're really just fighting against ourselves. Because you know what? We don't really know what it's like to be another person. And if we were put in the exact same situation, in the exact, with the exact same parents, in the exact same society, in the exact same, we might be different, but we might be the same. There was an interesting show I recently binged on Amazon, uh, The Man in the High Castle, which is based on a, 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 on a, um, a novel by Philip K. Dick, who's a wonderful science fiction writer. I really love his work. And, and it shows kind of an alternate history. It's like the 1960s, early 1960s, and instead of the Allies winning World War II, uh, Germany and Japan won World War II. And what was what would the U.S. be like with half of it being conquered by Germany and half being conquered by Japan? But then it there there are these films that start showing up, showing like that. Hey, the U.S. did win, and, and the Allies did win World War II. And and it just it shows you how people can be one way in one reality and the exact same person another way in another reality. We all like to think of ourselves as different from other people, as better in some ways. The truth is we don't know what we would do if we were in that situation. How would we have responded? So to me, there is no them, there is only us. It's about learning to stop judging other people and making them wrong or bad for what they do. You know, they may hurt people. We've hurt people. You know, maybe we haven't done it to the same extent or done it, done it the same way. But look, we've all made mistakes. We've all not been as conscious, not been as present, not, not, not been there. We've all made the mistake of seeing our differences and not our similarities. And so with this section of my book, Everyday Awakening is about, it's about seeing us as one whole, that non-dual perspective. And the truth is it's not even about seeing everyone on the planet and the planet as one whole, the universe is one whole. 
You know, there's been no new water come to the earth in millions of years since the last comet hit or hundreds of thousands of years. It's always been circulating. So the water we drink today has been around for, for effectively for as long as people have been around. So the water we're drinking could have been a water that, you know, somebody drank tens of thousands of years ago on the opposite side of the planet. We're so connected. We're so connected. And, and, and I really hope that this one section of the book, that if it can touch people in just one small way, to just see and get that sense of the connection instead of the disconnection, then, then I've done my job. I see Sanaya on the, on the Facebook Live says, the blood at the hospital is no color. It's lifeblood for us all. Exactly, Sanaya. Exactly. All right. So that's my section from the book, Everyday Awakening. You can get it at everydayawakeningbook.com or, you know, just go to Amazon and, and, and see it on Amazon. So I'm going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to start diving into our topic, which today I've entitled the show, The End of Suffering. Is it really the end of suffering? Well, you have to stay tuned to the end to find out. Um, But I'm going to talk a lot about suffering and perhaps give you some insights, some perspectives, some mental and emotional and energetic tweaks to alleviate some of that suffering that we all feel. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday. Every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on talkradio.nyc and all over Facebook Live. And we will be right back after these messages. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. Um, this is one of those me-only shows. I'm your guest for tonight. And and by the way, in case you don't get enough of me today, um, I'm also going to be making a guest appearance on uh, Frank Harrison's show, Frank About Health, uh, tonight at 5 p.m. So make sure you tune into that as well. I'm going to be talking all about the Wellness Center and uh, uh, giving Frank some perspectives on health and healing. Um, so today, uh, my topic of the week or the topic of the day is all around suffering. And, and, and why did I choose this for, this for this particular show? Because I see a lot of people suffering. And, and I recently held a ceremony up in Vermont. And, and it was so interesting to hear, uh, uh, you know, to help people and shepherd people through their healing process and to hear, you know, some of the pain that people have been through in their life. And, and to see people kind of come to that realization that, you know, sometimes some of that pain, I don't want to say was unnecessary, but could have been avoided. Uh, there's a quote that's been attributed to the Dalai Lama. I don't know if he actually said it. He probably did, or it's been attributed to the Dalai Lama, to Buddha, or something like it. And the quote is, life is pain but suffering is optional. And the first time I heard that, I thought, huh, that doesn't really make sense, right? I mean, if you're in pain, you're suffering, right? And it really took a while for me to kind of get my head around it until somebody explained it this way. You know, pain, we all feel pain. Pain informs us. Pain tells us something. Pain, it, 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 the fact that we feel pain actually is a survival mechanism. But suffering is something different from pain. Suffering is the emotional reaction to the pain. And suffering comes from the stories we make up around the pain. Why are we feeling the pain? You know, what is the meaning behind the pain? What does this say about us? What does this say about others? What does this say about the world, about life? And it often leads us to these, these stories that we end up creating we often find that they actually, once we have the ability to really come down and examine them, they have nothing to do with reality. They're just our interpretation. They're made up stories. They're all made up. They're all stories that we made up because we didn't know any better, because they reveal to us our own challenges, our own weaknesses, our own uh, self-criticisms. Somebody hurts us as a child, causes us trauma. We carry that with us through our life until we work through it. And because they hurt us, we think, oh my God, like, did I deserve this? Am I bad? Am I evil? M maybe they do deserve us. Maybe I should be hurt more, 
or, or, or we're confused, like, why did this happen to me? I didn't deserve this. You know, we make up all kinds of stories about the other person. Oh, the other person is evil. Oh, my God, they're, they're a predator. They're this, they're that. And then maybe one day we find out that, you know what, they were abused as a child, or they were beat up, or they were bullied. And they felt so powerless that they needed to bully someone else. They needed to hurt someone else so they could feel like they had some power because they feel so powerless in another situation. Maybe not. I mean, look, are there people who are completely disconnected to their conscience who are just, there's something wrong with them and they don't eat, cannot empathize and they just, are, are so disconnected to themselves that they can't see the effect they have on other people? Absolutely. I'm not talking about the extreme cases. I'm talking about the majority of cases because the majority of cases, you know, someone once said to me that if you look at any group of people and it doesn't matter if it's a, 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 a networking, a religious association, a political structure, just any group of people, that's, let's say more than 10 people, they say, if you look at any group of people, they're like, 10% are going to be really good. 10% are going to be really bad, whatever that means to you. But 80% are really in the middle somewhere. You know, you could say like 10% are extreme one way, 10% are extreme another way, but 80% are really in the middle. They're just, just normal, average, everyday people. And so I'm talking about those 80%, no, not the two extremes, but that 80% in the middle. And let's face it, like, who are the people we make up the most stories about? It's always those closest to it. It's our parents. It's our siblings. It's our maybe aunts and uncles, grandparents, nieces and nephews. We're always making up stories. The mind is an amazing story-generating device. That's what the mind is. The mind makes up stories all day long, all day long. The thing is, they're all made up. My attitude has just been over the last many years, well, if it's all made up, why don't I make up a story that's empowering then instead of it one that's disempowering, right? I mean, if it's all made up anyway, and especially we make up these stories about the past, the past is gone. It's not here right now. Well, I mean, you know, some people say like everything's happening all the time. It's here right now. But for practical purposes, the past is gone. The future has not happened yet. That's another thing that causes us suffering is we project into the future what's going to happen. And then we even start suffering before something even has happened that may never happen, yet we causes it suffering, the anxiety, fear, whatever. But getting back to the point, I'm rambling a bit today, but the stories are all made up and, and, and we make up the most amount of stories when it comes to our parents. And because our mother did something when we were a kid, when our father did something or didn't do something or said something or didn't say something, we make up all these stories about it. Because when we're little kids, our parents are gods. They are the givers of life. If they don't feed us, we will starve to death. If they don't take care of us, the elements will destroy us. They're these big, huge beings. We're tiny little things compared to them. So, of course, we're going to amplify everything that they do. 
And it can take a long time until we can adjust and change our perspective, our feelings around our parents. And those, those perspectives, those feelings, those stories that we've made up when we were three and four and five years old, they ripple throughout our whole life until we take the time to sit with them, recognize them, look at them, and question them and doubt them and, 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 and go through that suffering. You know, sometimes we don't even want to look at our suffering because if we find out that we suffered for no reason, we feel like we're an idiot. But we're not. We're human beings. So, suffering, parents. When we come back, tell you a little story that that I heard from somebody else uh, um, around a lot of suffering he had throughout most of his life around money because of a stupid story he made up that turned out had nothing to do with reality. And and I love this story because it so exemplifies the way our stories that, that to us make perfect sense, but they may be a complete misinterpretation of the reality that we experienced. So we're going to take a quick break first and we'll continue our discussion. I'm keeping an eye on the Facebook live. So if anyone has any comments, questions, or your own stories you'd like to share, please post it to the Facebook live. You're listening to the conscious consultant hour, awakening humanity. Thank you all for joining me today. It's just me and you. So please help me out here. I will be back in just a moment. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. Um, thank you all for joining me today. It's just me and you for the hour um, uh, talking uh, all about um, suffering and, and, you know, as I, I like to say, the end of, of suffering um, is really the title of the show and what I'd like to, um, like to help to bring you to. Um, I see William on the Facebook Live says he's been uh, all over the world. Um, and he says, you all here in media is bad and things and have a new appreciation for people over there. Good people and bad people in all groups, but it is how you treat each other. Um, yeah, absolutely, William. Um, you know, the media tends to focus on all the bad things happening in the world, but you know what, when you actually meet people, it, it's really just about how people treat each other. Anyway, uh, uh, let me continue the story. So, so this is something I, I, um, heard in, in, from one of my teachers years ago, I affected his, and, and he was make, talking really about money, but it really applies to everything. So I want you to really, uh, try and, 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 generalize this story to, to things and see maybe uh, how the story might even uh, uh, you can relate to something in your own life. So as a kid, uh, this guy, he used to collect different coins, um, like old nickels, pennies, dimes, you know, trying to, to, to find like, like old valuable coins. They weren't that valuable. You know, you're a kid, you don't know, but you know, he's collecting this, all these coins and he had this, this this big jar and 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 he he kept it i believe he said he kept it like under the kitchen sink or something and and he kind of for whatever reason he, he had this thing that that you know he was kind of hiding it he just i guess he felt like he, he wanted to make sure like nobody took it and nobody you know t- took his things and one day he comes home and, 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 and he looks under the kitchen sink and it's gone and it's not there. And he like asks his mom, he asks his dad, oh, did you see my jar? I can't find my coins. And they're both like, oh, I don't know where it is, blah, blah, blah. He starts looking all over the house. And then in the den where his, his father would like work from home and when friends come over, he'd be there. He found the jar. Um, no, not in the den. It was in his parents' bedroom. He eventually went into his parents' bedroom and he found the jar inside or either underneath the bed or inside like the little end table drawer next to his father's side of the bed. And, and he takes it out and he confronts his dad and it's like, you, you know, you stole my, my coin. You stole my coin collection. You stole my money. And he's like, what are you talking about? I didn't take your, your money, whatever. And he's like, yeah, you did. Look, I found this. I found this on your side. Of that. He goes, oh, no, you, I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. And, 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 and he got all upset and he huffed off and went away. And, he, and he, so he had this story. This story developed, and he was a kid at the time, that you can't trust men with money that men are going to steal money from you because it was his, his dad, right? And he lived with this, this belief, this story that was underlying everything for years and years and years, decades. And I believe he said it wasn't until he hit 40 or 50. And one day he was flying into town for, for, for something. 
and uh, his dad would come and pick him up and and um he finally like he was going to confront him about this because it'd been on his mind for a while his dad was getting old and he didn't and then he finally worked up the courage to confront him about this and he says you know dad do you remember when i was a kid and 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 you took my coin collection I was like what are you talking about he goes remember i used to keep these coins under the sink and you took them and then you denied it and i found it in the bedroom and he goes oh that must have been a Thursday. And he's like, what? A Thursday? Um, I don't know. Maybe. And he goes, yeah, yeah. It was probably a Thursday that that happened because Wednesday night, you know, I had my poker night. My friends come over. And when I saw your coin collection, I was so proud of you. I took it out to show the guys. And, and I probably left it out. And just <clears throat> when your mom came by or the maid came by and cleaned up, they probably just, just, put it you know onto my side of the bed but i was just showing off like how proud i was of you and he was like oh oh you were proud of me you weren't stealing my stuff like he didn't i don't think he said this but like you weren't it was the internal realization you weren't stealing it you were just showing it off and then he realized he'd been carrying he'd been suffering from this event like his whole life, like practically his whole life, all from this interpretation he had of this one incident that because his coins got moved and he found it, in it under his dad's side of the bed, that his dad stole it from him. Now, look, factually, did his dad move it? Yes. But it wasn't the fact. It was the interpretation that caused the suffering. It was he, quote unquote, stole it, right? When you say someone steals something, right, there's intent behind it. There, there's a, an assumption of motivation and what was really going on. But the truth of the story was he didn't steal it. He wasn't taking it away from his son. He was showing it off. So I want you to think about what kinds of stories have you made up about painful things in your past and and maybe even the recent past, maybe even today, the present, but what kind of stories have you made up about the pain that has caused you suffering? That because of the story you've made up about what happened, that it, it, it caused you to doubt yourself. It caused you to think you're not good. It caused you to think you're bad. Or it caused you to think other people were bad. And how has that affected you throughout your life? Now, in my case, I was, you know, when I was a kid, I was kind of short. I was round. I was overweight. I had glasses from third grade on. I was kind of a schleppy little Jewish kid in the Bronx. And you know what? I used to get picked on by the neighborhood bullies. You know, I remember Halloween. I used to get eggs thrown at me. You know, my wife loves Halloween. It's like her favorite holiday. She loves to go up and dress up in costumes and go out. Me, not so much because I don't have such a good association with it because when I would, you know, once I was old enough to go around the neighborhood on Halloween, like the older kids, they'd have, you know, uh, 
chalk in a sock that they'd hit you with. They'd throw eggs at you, shaving cream, like all kinds of nasty stuff they'd do. And because I was an easy target, I used to get picked on all the time. And, and uh, you know, I've suffered abuse by other people. And in my case, as opposed to like like turning on the abuser instead of like making everybody else wrong and evil, I just turned on myself. It's like, why is this happening to me? What's wrong with me that that life is bringing me so much pain? And so the way I internalized it caused me suffering, but in a different way. You know, made me feel like I wasn't that good. And so these stories, these made up stories that we carry with us throughout our life. These are the things that cause us suffering. Look, pain itself is not a bad thing. You know, I often use the analogy that, you know, if, if we didn't feel pain and we happen to be in the kitchen talking to a friend and the stove is on and we don't realize the stove is on and we put our hand on the hot stove, by feeling pain, we go, ouch, and we take it off right away. But what would happen if we didn't feel the pain? We'd leave it there. And then, you know, if we, we were just distracted and we didn't notice what was going on, our hand would be fried to a crisp. It would be damaged for the rest of our lives. So it's a good thing that we feel the pain. So we make a change. So if we can see pain as our friend and make a different story around the pain, we can end our suffering. It's all made up anyway. I I cannot emphasize this enough. It's all made up anyway. So if it's all made up anyway, why don't we make up a story that's more empowering, that serves us, that uplifts us, that helps us to feel better about ourselves? There are always a million interpretations of any given situation. We can choose. We choose all the time how we're deciding to interpret the situation. We, don't, we do not have to interpret it in a way that hurts us, that hurts our hearts, that hurts us emotionally, that causes us to shut down or feel bad or, or withdraw. The world needs us to be more fully present, to share our gifts. And look, do do we have to share our gifts with a huge number of people like I do, you know, doing a show and transmitting it out over the airwaves across the world? I mean, not the airwaves, the, the internet across the globe. No, if this doesn't resonate with you, no, it doesn't have to. But if it does resonate with you, well, then we should talk because this is what I do. I help people to do stuff like this. <clears throat> But even just by being present and being there and healing our own pain so that we can be there for other people, even if it's just the immediate people, our friends, our family, that makes a difference. 
And when we show up for them in the best way possible, and then it helps them to feel better, and then they show up better for the people around them, the ripple effect can be tremendous, tremendous. So yeah, this is the way we end suffering by changing the story. All right. So uh, I see on the Facebook Live, loyal listener, Patty says, be kind. If you have an altercation with somebody, you, you just never know that person may someday be your boss. And loyal listener William says, we see things differently as a child, too. When we get older, we have a tendency to remember it differently. We have to remember we are not that child anymore. Yes, William, absolutely. All right, time for me to take my last break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about this on an even deeper level and why it is important for us to end our own suffering and, and, and go even deeper about why ending our own suffering really helps the rest of the world. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time, right here on talkradio.nyc, all over Facebook Live. And if you miss any part of today's show, you can always catch the whole show on all the podcasting platforms, Apple, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio. Just search for the Conscious Consultant Hour on whatever platform you're used to using. And we will be right back after these messages. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. And 
And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. I see loyal listener William says, must be a New York thing. I was bullied in school also, and it affected me for years. Confidence in everything. I'm glad I learned I am not who I thought I was. I'm very glad to, William. I don't think it's a New York thing. I think kids get bullied in schools all over the place. And actually, what you find is happening these days when kids get bullied in school, it kind of like you end up if if it's really bad in two extremes, like either you end up with like what happened in, in Columbine where the kid goes nuts and like gets a gun and starts shooting people because they, they are in so much pain or they end up committing suicide. It, it's really bullying is such uh, an epidemic in our schools. Um, and, and I believe it's because kids these days, they don't have the tools to deal with the complexity of society. And look, you know, can kids be mean? Absolutely, kids can be mean. But why are kids mean? They're all just trying to fit in. They all want to feel like they're good enough. They all want to feel like they like they have enough, that they're okay. And and we need to, to, especially with the children these days, we need to support them. We need to help them to feel better about themselves. So they don't feel the need to to antagonize, make fun of, and 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 beat up on other kids. It's really my, my heart goes out to children these days. I know teen suicide, it's, it's at an all time high, the rates I've heard. And it's really something that that we need to um, really pay attention to a little bit more so we can do something about it. So talked about the end of suffering. I talked about the importance of changing the story around the things we've experienced in life. And why is that so important? I mean, obviously for ourselves, it's tremendously important. Don't get me wrong. I mean, first and foremost, changing the story and ending our own suffering, it's first and foremost to make our own lives better. And and I hope what I've talked about, the stories I've I've brought to you, I, I hope this perspective gives you the motivation to really look at your own stories and see how you can change them, tweak them, modify them, look at them. Why is that so important, though, for the rest of the world? It's very simple. It goes back to the beginning of the show when I was talking about there is no them, there is only us. How we show up in the world makes a difference. It makes a difference to physically to the people around us, emotionally to the people around us, and energetically, it makes a difference to the entire world. What do I mean by that? My dear friend, teacher, and mentor, Jennifer Huff, in in a program I took with her, talked about how they've done scientific studies and they first started with plants, and then they went to animals, and then they went to humans, looking at the cells that make up our bodies. And the cells have these little receptors that receive and transmit light. Now, obviously, not necessarily visible light, because, you know, we don't glow at night, though I'm sure in certain parts of the world people might. Um, but we, we, we transmit and get off, give off light. Light is energy. We're giving off and receiving energy all the time. 
That's why when we go into nature and it just feels good, or we go to the ocean or, you know, we put ourselves in an environment that's just beautiful. You can feel your body relaxing because we're receiving the energy of the place. But we're also giving off energy. And when we do our own work, when we unravel and unwind those stories that cause us suffering, we now are emitting a different type of energy. We're emitting the energy of possibilities. We're emitting the energy of what it's like to live without that suffering. The interesting thing about light is light travels so fast, it can actually travel seven times in a second around the planet. So when we change the energy that we're giving off, we're literally on a subtle energetic level affecting people around the planet. What does that mean? That means that by us doing our own personal work, by us untangling, unraveling those things that cause us pain and trauma, that causes us suffering, that we're actually helping other people to do the same because the energy that once we've gone through that journey, we now show the possibility to other people. Now, we can also show the possibility in very real ways by being coaches, consultants, teachers, and and actually physically working with people. But even from just an embodied state, by holding it in our bodies, in our nervous system, our cells are vibrating this new way and transmitting this energy that people who are open to, and this is the key because we all have free will, open to receiving that energy, open to receiving that message, are now receiving of like, oh, I don't need to suffer around this either. And there's so many different aspects to life. It can be open to receiving this idea they don't have to suffer with our relationship with our mother, with our father, with our siblings, with with our friends, about being beaten up. There's so many things, so many little things. And what we unwind may support somebody else from unwinding something slightly different, which may help someone else and help someone else and help someone else and help someone else. And it may come back around because now all of a sudden we're working on a deeper level within ourselves, on a deeper trauma, maybe a generational trauma, an ancestral memory, a racial trauma. We often don't think about the energetic interconnection that we have with all of life around us. And again, this goes back to we are, there is no them, there is only us. And so the more we look and examine those stories that cause us pain and suffering, emotional pain, physical suffering, and we say, hey, This is all a conception. This is all something I've just made up anyway. Is it accurate? It could be, but so what? What if it's inaccurate? What if it is accurate, but it doesn't serve us? Let's change those 
fundamental stories about those that we have about ourselves. We first have to become aware of them, and then we work to unravel them. And that's part of what I do as a facilitator and a guide and a coach. And, and I really, truly, sincerely, if, if anything of what I said touches you, it makes you feel like you would like some support in unraveling some of your own stories, please reach out to me. You can always find me through my website, theconsciousconsultant.com. You can email me at sam at theconsciousconsultant.com. I see loyal listener says, this has made me rethink about my childhood. My mom had every right spanking me for going against her wishes. Well, Patty, I I, I can see that. I'm, I'm not necessarily so sure that spanking was necessarily the best option, but it was probably the only thing your mom knew how to do at the time, because it's probably what happened to her. Probably when she went against her mom's wishes, she was hit. And that probably goes back for generations. So it's, it's probably not just your mom. It, it, that's probably a whole matriarchal lineage. And yeah, your mom probably did that because, again, she thought she was doing what was best for you. I mean, I don't know exactly the situation, but, you know, she's just trying to keep you what she, she thought was keeping you safe, what she thought was the best thing for you. So, so thank you for sharing that. So thank you all. I'm over time. I really appreciate you tuning in. This, this, I hope this, this episode really serves you in some way. I would love to hear some feedback. Um, so please feel free. You can comment on the, the Facebook Live video. You can send me an email. Let me know what did you get from this. Did it touch your heart, your soul? Did, did it serve you in some way? Did it help to release at least a little bit of suffering for you. Because I truly, truly believe we can end suffering in our own lives if we're willing to do the work and examine these assumptions and examine these stories that we make all the time. So thank you all so much for for tuning in this week. Uh, Next week, I have my dear friend, Dr. Dorothy Martin-Neville joining me. It'll be a wonderful show. I hope you uh, tune in for it. Please stay tuned. Remember, later today, if you haven't gotten enough of me, 5 p.m. Eastern time, Frank About Health, yours truly will be Frank's guest. And of course, tomorrow we have our our Friday lineup of shows, uh, Philanthropy and Focus Always Friday and, and Wise Content Creates Wealth. And next Monday, make sure you catch Graham Dobbin and his show, The Mind Behind Leadership, followed by The Edge of Every Day with Sandra Bargeman, a wonderful, wonderful show. I think you'll really enjoy those shows. And really, check out talkradio.nyc. Join the newsletter so you can find out about the upcoming shows. Thank you all for tuning in. I will talk to you all next week.
Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.